From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to another episode of the Calvary Life Podcast. My name is Eric Wakeling, and I am looking forward to being able to talk again here from my uh, closet studio (laughs) here at my home, and uh, looking forward to talking today a little bit more, kind of continuing in this series that we've been on of, okay, in light of everything going on with the quarantine surrounding the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, as well as the beginning of seeing businesses reopening, seeing um, calls for the church to reopen. And as we at Calvary Church are considering and praying and uh, just really being able to like plan well for what will be our response to all this, uh, I'm kind of doing three, this third in a series of conversations about like how do we prepare ourselves well for that. So the first of which, just as very brief reminder, the first was considering that there are people of varying opinions on this topic, that we have people who are what we would call cautious, people who have maybe life experiences or situations, or even just kind of a way of thinking that has resulted in them feeling more uh, cautious, nervous to be able to um, kind of reopen uh, both kind of in a business sense of, of the world, of the world opening up, but also uh, also when it comes to the church, feeling nervous about that. I should even say here, uh, as that came up, the, the whole thing of the economy opening and the whole thing of the church opening are very different things. We can have the economy need to open uh, businesses beginning, things like that, uh, where uh, then that would be very different than the church. And the church's like, way that we open, it was not really, um, it's not a part of the economy being able to open. Those are different. Uh, they're, they're aligned, but they're different. And so then um, this whole thing of you've got people who are cautious, people then who are confident, who are really just saying, hey, no, like, uh, we need to be able to get back. We need to get open. We need to start this economy. We need to start life. We need to get back to doing everything we were doing before. There's even kind of just different um, different uh, levels within that confidence. Some people just are like, hey, let's just go back to full church, everything how it was. Um, and some people even within that realm don't even believe that, this, uh, that COVID-19 is a real thing. Uh, so you've got people that are just sort of confident and feeling good about that we can take these next steps, but then you've got kind of maybe more conspiracy theorists at the far extreme of all of that, right? So then you have all these different people from cautious to confident, and then um, we talked about something called cautionant, uh, where it was kind of like folks that feel a little bit in the middle of all of this. And the biggest thing is that we would be able to see one another. So within the church that you can, let's say you are a cautious person, you can see a confident person, and you can see why they think the way that they're thinking. You can see the way they are personally impacted by all of this. You can see um, their heart, and then you can care for them, give them grace, give them love, 
while also having a different opinion and vice versa. And so we want just to make sure that within the church in the way that us as the church interact with society, that we are choosing love first and our witness for the gospel before we put, you know, that we put that before anything else. So that was that first conversation. I encourage you to go back and listen to that whole thing. Uh, and then last week, we just talked about what is the church and having a clear understanding that the church is not a building, that the church has never been closed because the church isn't a building. And so we've always been open. We've been doing the business of God's people, of the bride of Christ, the church. And so um, as we've been about that, that we recognize that um you know, we as we think about the church reopening, want to have a proper biblical understanding of what the church is. The church is the people of God who are gathered at times and then are scattered at times. Uh, so anyway, that's that's that um, other basic thought. Now, <clears throat> I encourage you to listen to that too. That uh, from last week. Now, the other uh, thing I want to talk about today is this whole concept of um, how we would think about uh, governing authorities. I think that this whole concept of submitting or honoring or opposing governing authorities is a very interesting one in this time. Uh, We do have some folks who are talking about um, some of the restrictions that we as churches have right now are talking about that as uh, a restriction on our religious liberties. And, uh, and so if that's the case, then you know, we have reason to oppose our government. Um, but we need to be able to think about this clearly. And so I just want to be able to kind of talk through a little bit about what is supposed to be our posture um, theologically and then in practice of how we think about Uh, governing authorities, because all of us as um, followers of Jesus, we have to have a relationship with governing authorities. I mean, all of us as human beings have some form of relationship with governing authorities. And then, so we need to think through how do we respond to a government who is uh, maybe supportive of what we are doing as a church or what we're about as a church, or um, our or our our religious freedoms, and then and then what happens? Then you can also get feel like at certain times, certain uh, governments or administrations are you could feel like are actually opposed to that or against that. Even then, within Christianity, even within the church, we've got different. Uh, obviously, you have certain churches that are more conservative and certain churches that are more liberal. You have, uh, even within a church uh, like ours, you have people of all sorts of different sort of political bents. Um, I think we have a lot of unity around the big things, but you have some some differences on, on political viewpoints. And so, are we only supposed to submit to governments that agree with us or is the whole point of having to submit is that we know that we're going to have government disagree with us at times and how do we honor and submit and pray in the midst of even that kind of disagreement? Because when you get into the first century, the early church, 
all of this, the, the writings that we'll, we'll even look at some of these stories um, or some of these passages today, you have a government that is clearly against Christianity, that is only about, uh, really is only about the emperor Caesar himself, and is even about worship, even when it comes to religion, is that you are to worship Caesar as God. Uh, and so you see Jesus as being very uh, sort of, con- not sort of, Jesus being very contrary to that. Jesus is very sort of revolutionary, r- rebellious in some sort of way, if you think about it against the empire, even in the way he came when you have Caesar claiming to be the son of God, claiming to be, um, have a gospel about him, a good news about him that he is to be revered, to be worshipped. All of the ways that Jesus's birth occurred were in just, and even the way they were written about in the Gospels, it's just very much going against uh, Caesar, saying that Jesus is the only true God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, not Caesar. And so it's a, it's a very interesting way of like when you kind of understand that and you start to read the the Christmas stories. You're like, wow, this is amazing! How uh, sort of anti. Uh, government in some way, but anti-emperor this is because the emperor claimed to be God. Now, you also then have more local governments in uh, the region of Judea, and you have uh, even religious leaders that Jesus clearly opposed and Jesus clearly spoke against those religious leaders more than he even spoke against those, um, those civic leaders. All right, so let's think about this for a little bit, because, um, again, as we are thinking about all this, we know that the government is essentially telling us right now that we cannot be meeting in person. And so do we think about that as a opposition to our religious freedom, or do we think about that as the government is trying to serve the people in the way that they are mandated to you to serve the people. Now, regardless of what you think about that, um, in in kind of more in a complex nature, we we really like right now. I just don't think, and you can totally disagree with me at this level. But because all large group gatherings, um, you know, dining at restaurants, going to movie theaters, gyms, sports venues. Um, all that, even even bars and nightclubs and that kind of stuff. It's uh, all of that. Since all of that is closed, uh, it doesn't feel like we are being specifically pointed out as a church and having our freedom restricted by the government. Now, so let's like look into a little bit of um, what we are supposed to do when it comes to the Bible and how we're supposed to think and respond. To the government, so I want to read some passages, like not not real long ones, just kind of shorter ones for us to look at. That so you'll hear the rustling of my Bible pages. Um, Matthew twenty two twenty one is this passage um, where Jesus says, "Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's." As they take a coin, and he asks, you know, whose picture is on that, and it's Caesar's. And so recognizing, hey, look, this is this area of, of taxation and this money, this is a realm of, uh, of Caesar, of, of the empire, but 
uh, give to him, you know, so give your taxes to him, this, this is his, but give to God what is God's, and kind of has this, you can see a bit of this separation here and a bit of an acknowledgement of, yeah, okay, you, you, you should be paying your taxes and interacting in that way. Um, let's just get kind of like a greater breadth of scriptures, Romans 13, 1 through 7. Um, it says this, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it's a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what's evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it's necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. All right, there's a lot going on in there, but we know that we are then within that, we should be subject, we should submit to those governing authorities, and we should honor those governing authorities. And this whole thing can be really hard if we don't respect those authorities, right? Like, and this can be, you, you see this now, whether somebody, uh, you know, especially here in our state of California, it's pretty polarized. If somebody either likes our governor and likes our president, typically most people don't like both. Right. And so you've got like a bit of that going on. And so if you don't respect both, you're probably having a hard time honoring and submitting to one or the other, depending on who you are and depending on how some of your values line up. Now, um, and so it's just like, it's really important for you to kind of think about, that's why even I, tr I, I don't often even bring up specific individuals, but um, within, within our state of Governor Newsom, within our country of President Trump, you've got people that kind of, you know, are polarizing figures for a lot of folks. And I think it helps you. So no matter how you, uh, how you come down, the Bible is telling you to be subject to and to honor both. Do you hear that? I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that clearly. You are to be subject to and you are to honor both as difficult as that might be for you. I know for the people that that's difficult to honor um, our president, uh, it might, you know, it's like, or, or, or our governor. It's just like, it's equally as very difficult, I'm sure, for both of you. Um, so we, we do want to, to have this sense of honoring and submitting. Now, again, I'm going to get to when, you know, when should we not honor and, and all of that here in a moment. Um, but just want to keep kind of getting a, a good sense of the breadth of scripture. So you could see, remembering all this is being written in the midst of the Roman empire and this like brutal, uh, you know, brutal regime that is over 
both Christians and Jews alike. And it is not an easy sort of world to be a follower of a religion that is not emperor worship and not part of sort of the Roman pantheon of gods. And so that's there are a lot of sacrifices that need to be made by these people who are following Jesus or these Jewish um, people as well, that there's a lot that they don't get. They don't get a lot of kind of what you would think of as comforts and luxuries or <clears throat> even uh, like business wouldn't have as much uh, ability to be able to conduct their business effectively because, for example, Within the Roman Empire, there were things called trade guilds. I mean, in the ancient world, there were things called trade guilds. But under the Roman Empire, these trade if you wanted to be a member of a trade guild, which you needed to do to be able to have your trade be successful, you would have to make sacrifices to Roman gods and maybe even to Caesar himself and to worship these, these gods. So if you are unwilling to do that... You have to be able to be able to say, all right, I submit and I honor these, these government authorities, but I don't have to enter into that system, okay? So you don't have to enter into that system, much like maybe we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't take certain government um, grants if those government grants have things attached to them that would make it so that we had to give up some of our religious freedom, and or compromise our beliefs. We would we would never do that. So even we've been very careful within um, some of our application, even for some PPP um, support, uh, is that there are no restrictions on our religious freedoms with that. We even then, after even receiving it, have like been slow to spend it until we see all of how this this stuff is playing out because we want to make sure that if there's any kind of reason why we would um, you know, have to give up something of our beliefs, that we would not do that. We would not accept it. We would return the money uh, and all that. So anyway, <clears throat> just kind of wanting you to see like that's where sometimes we can still honor and submit to the, the government authority while not having to engage in everything that that authority would have us do. Okay. So there's sort of, um, I don't, you know, I, this is not like a paper I've written that I, that I'm reciting, but this is where you'd have certain things that are kind of elective that you can choose to kind of join into versus submitting and honoring is not elective. Like you, you must submit unless we'll get into it, but you, you are called to submit and called to submit a, an evil reign, an evil empire. They, they are called to submit and be subject to, uh, let's read first Peter two, 11 through 17, which is kind of similar. Um, first Peter two, 11 to 17 says this, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly, fleshly lusts, uh, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that uh, th these are the non-Jewish people. So these are essentially the Romans most of the time, okay, or people that are aligned with the Roman Empire. Keep your behavior excellent among them, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 13. 
submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. All right. So that's uh, that whole passage there from First Peter. And this is just, again, another command for us in the midst of this empire to honor the king, honor our president, honor our governor, says also to the governor, so that that authority of the king that was sent, which is in our system, probably most simply as thinking of it as the president and that federal government, then down to a state government, down to a local uh, authority as well. And so we're to to sub- subject ourselves, to submit. And then um, Titus is another one, Titus 3, 1 through 2. We can read maybe even a little more, but it says, uh, remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hating, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds. And then it goes on to share the gospel. Um, so what, what we need to see there is like what's so kind of fascinating when you think of our culture and our world is it says, malign no one, be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. So I want you to think about if you're a person that is maybe a Trump lover and a Newsom hater or a Newsom lover and a Trump hater, think about if you are able to think this way about the person that you don't like. Are you able to not malign, to be peaceable, to be gentle, to be showing consideration, recognizing that you yourselves have been foolish? And if you think they are foolish, um, you know, consider that you yourselves are that and that we only are otherwise because of the grace of God in our lives. Um, So that's like, it's just very different when you read all of these passages, and it's several passages. We've got four different um, texts here, uh, right, in in the here and now about, uh, we'll read some more, but uh, about being subject to, about honoring, about being kind and peaceable and understanding of them. That is so completely opposite of what our culture is doing today. And I will say what it feels like I see in many Christians today uh, of kind of both, you know, both uh, ends of the spectrum. Uh, It makes me sad. Honestly, I read people's posts on Facebook that call others morons and fools and, um, you know, all sorts of kind of terrible names. And it's coming from a member of our church. And I think, wow, like that, to me, that is just a, a sad thing because it is not a display of a life according to the Word of God, and it is not a display of what 
of the life of Christ and the example of Christ being a model of Jesus and a, and a picture of Jesus to the world. That is what we are called to be. And I think that that can really harm our witness. And it, it does. It really, truly does grieve me. We, so we are to submit. We are to honor. It doesn't mean we have to agree. Yeah, we, we need to learn to disagree differently in our culture today. We need to be able to disagree and make that okay to do, but make that not mean we have to malign the human being that, that bears the very image of God that is behind that opposing opinion. Uh, also, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 says this, First of all, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And so for us to, um, it says kings and all who are in authority. We may not have a king, but we do have those who are in authority over us. And so we need to be in prayer for them and to be in prayer for both our governor and our president. We need to be in prayer for our public health officials, in prayer for our local government leaders, mayors, city council members, county leaders, people like that. Like we need to be in prayer for them and we need to recognize that it's <laughs> it's an incredibly difficult job in this day and age uh, to do any of those roles, but also in the midst of all of this whole um, COVID-19 season, there's just so much information that is flowing all over the place with just wildly um, different views that yeah, we just need to be able to step back and recognize that these government authorities have a really hard job and let's be in prayer for them. Let's be in prayer for, uh, for them and for ourselves to be able to submit to them and honor them, um, as we are called to by the word of God and may the way that we act towards them, not be a, a harm to our witness and may none of our actions as believers regarding all of this, whether it's arguing about, um, you know, the way that our government has handled this situation or the way that, um, <clears throat> whether what we, what we think about it, you know, what we think about even conspiracy theories and all of that, and even how the church would, um, but specifically like churches, local churches like Calvary, how we would kind of re reopen our actual campuses. Um, you know, when we think about all of that, we want to be careful that we don't harm our witness by doing something that could damage um, that to the unbelieving community out there. Uh, so we are to pray, we're to submit, we're to honor. Now, there are times, however, that we are to oppose them. So what if these governing authorities um, conflict, you know, conflict with the authority of God? And so you see in many, many uh, passages of Scripture, whether that's even the story uh, of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did not bow down before the statue of the king there, uh, but they, you know, they, they would only worship God. God alone. Um, even Daniel, uh, you know, he would pray. He, he, when, when told to not pray, he continued to pray. When, <clears throat> when he was given even like the food of the king's table, he said, well, 
I have a better way that God would have for us. And so there, there are all sorts of ways that, that Daniel and uh, his friends really were able to go against the governing authority. But one thing that's interesting about it is they also did that with as much respect as possible, with as much honoring and submission as possible, that Daniel requested and kind of made a deal with the, the king about the food that was to be in the beginning of Daniel. They just simply, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just simply did not bow down. They didn't fight or um, shout down, you know, the, the king, but simply just would not do the thing that they could not do within their conscience uh, before God. Uh, Daniel didn't, like, go out and start rioting or picketing or protesting about the right for him to pray. He simply prayed. And so it's interesting to kind of think about the way that they did that. And then what we see with Peter, John, Paul, Silas, and others, their response was, we must obey God rather than men. And so if the government were to tell us, hey, we're opening sports, we're opening movie theaters, but we don't believe that churches can meet together. Well, let me tell you, that's going to be a very different conversation that I'd be having with government leaders than the one we're having now. Um, and we would oppose that. Uh, and we might even meet regardless uh, of, of their order and take whatever consequence that we are to bear. We would do that. If they told us we could not pray, we would pray. If they told us we could not worship, we would worship. If they told us we could not follow the ways of God's word, we would continue to follow the ways of God's word. We stand upon that and we would go against anyone that would try to tell us that we could not. But I will say that we would do that humbly. And we would do that in a way that would pray for our leaders who are opposing us, that we would be submissive and honoring to them in every way that we possibly could, but then we would simply follow God in the ways that we would need to follow God. So I don't, I think then with that, we have to be very careful with what we call a, um, a way that the government is removing one of our religious liberties, let's say. Because I think if we call this moment of this quarantine the government restricting our, our religious liberty, I think that uh, we are actually making a, a grave mistake with that because the government is simply, in, in, in their mind, trying to—and you could disagree with them in this, that's different—but are trying to protect people and— they are making these rules that are for all large groups. It's not like just upon churches. And so I, I just want to be careful that we don't sort of play that card when that's not the card that should be played, if you understand what, I'm, what I mean by that analogy, that we don't come out and oppose the government on this or, uh, you know, when it is actually a moment where it is not a restriction of of our religious liberty. And I think that we then, we, we keep moving towards making wise choices, towards us being able to get back to being able to be in person, taking these steps towards that, preparing ourselves for that, that we're getting ready for it, but we're also um, kind of recognizing what this moment is and what it isn't. And so we will, I, I tell you this emphatically, if the government tries to tell us we cannot 
worship. We cannot pray. We cannot evangelize. We cannot serve the poor. If the government tries to tell us these core things about us that that we cannot do, then we will do them no matter what. We will follow God and not men. But in the same way, uh, you know, we are going to be wise and submit and honor our governing authorities until that point, because that is what the Word of God has clearly, clearly called us to do. So, my friends, let's pray. Let's pray for our governing authorities. Let's, um, you know, try and use our influence upon them in the ways that we can, in the way that is best, kind of like an Esther in the court of the king in the book of Esther. But, um, and also, let's pray for them, let's submit to them, let's honor them, and let's very, very, very wisely consider when the point is that we must follow God rather than men. Thank you for listening. I hope that this helps just kind of be able to shore up an entire understanding of what our response is in this moment, of how we see one another as men and women that are image bearers of God, and that even when we have different opinions on something, we choose love, we choose grace, we choose patience, we choose to be a witness for the gospel of Jesus above all things. We have an understanding that the church is not a building, that the church is the people of God that still long to gather together and want to be together, but also know that God has called us right now to scatter and to serve him as we are scattered through serving the poor, through sharing the gospel, through being a light and a witness to our neighborhoods. And then finally, that we have an understanding of how we submit or how we oppose our governing authorities in a biblical way. So thank you, and thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.